Welcome to the Oasis Revival Ministry podcast and sermon of the week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Daniel McGear. For more sermons or info regarding our church, visit our website at www.revivalministry.co.za. What is your breakthrough? Look like? Have you got a picture in your mind about what your next breakthrough looks like? I just want you to picture, you know, what is the thing you're trusting? For the Israelites, it was journeying into the promised land. It was breakthrough into the promised land. They'd been stuck in that space for 40 years, and man, it was time. And so their breakthrough looked like a town called Jericho. Where, you know, Jericho wasn't like this wall across the whole promised land. It was just a little town. A big town, but a little town in, in the context of the entire promised land. But it spoke about a moment of victory where God gave them a victory on the road to more victories. And as I was thinking about what breakthrough is, God just came and placed on my heart as I was preparing for, for this morning, he, he came and brought up the word temptation. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> and, and he took me to the story of where the Israelites broke through into Jericho. And there's a guy in there that as he walked into Jericho, he decided he's, he's going to take some of the spoil. And it changed the way I think about Temptation, Because you know what? Temptation doesn't come when you're not achieving anything. Temptation comes at your moment of breakthrough. And so I felt like he wanted to prepare us. Because if we're going to breakthrough, then we have to be aware. And this is what God did. He said, don't take anything from the town. Take the gold and the silver and the bronze and the whatnots that's valuable and put it in my house. But let no one take anything for their own personal good. And one guy, he went in and he was like, hmm, that looks nice. I'm going to have some of that. And he hid it under his tent. And the next time the Israelites went to battle, guess what happened? They lost the battle. You see, so oftentimes we think of temptation, we equal it to trials. I want to just separate the idea that temptation does not equal trials. In James 1, when it speaks about trials and tribulations, it's not talking about temptation. And a temptation is not a trial. A trial is something you need to overcome to improve your maturity. A temptation is something that's going to sidetrack you instantly. Do you hear the difference? <laughs> so God's saying, man, when you get to breakthrough, watch out for the temptations. Because you can be sidetracked in your breakthrough in an instant. And I have seen this over and over. Just when we feel, how many of you, have like, just when you feel like Superman, the next disaster comes your way. And then you're like, oh God, are we even having success here? Are we even going anywhere? 
Just when we feel, man, we've reached this, then someone's upset about something. Or, you know, we've been blessed with finances before only to have the car break next week. And you're like, yeah, oh, yeah. (laughs) You see, and if my heart's not in the right place, then I'm going to get despondent. I'm not going to see the breakthrough that God has given us. The breakthrough that God is giving you. So I don't know what your personal breakthrough looks like. But in this church I'm sensing there's a breakthrough into maturity. And there's a breakthrough in the spiritual realm here amongst our people. Into taking kingdom leadership of their scenarios. And of their surroundings. And I'm seeing there's a breakthrough of people going, man I want to lead I want to lead God's people. I want to lead our workplace. I want to see God's presence fill every area. I'm seeing that in this church. (laughs) It's it's building. It's snowballing. You're clapping quietly. You've got to clap loudly. All right. It's it's building. And we can't allow little things to come from the side that say we're not. You know that pull us off. And so let me just go through this. In Joshua 7, verse 11 to 12, um, I've got to turn there because my. They, they're trying to find out who, who's done it. Who done it? And God says, Israel has sinned. They have transgressed my covenant which I have commanded them. They have taken some of the things devoted for destruction. They've taken things that, you see, they took something that God was going to destroy anyway. And you can't go, oh, that's going to be destroyed anyway. No, no, no. no. It's God. You've got to stay put to what God's saying. And they've stolen and lied and put them among their own baggage. That is why the Israelites could not stand before their enemies. The first thing temptation does is it takes you and robs you of your ability to stand in front of enemies. See, temptation is not about your... You can, you can say, oh, this is just my own personal temptation. And it's not affecting anyone. But what it does is it robs you of your ability to stand in front of enemies. And continue to take new ground. And if you're not taking new ground, you're not opening up space for other people behind you. So the first thing temptation does is it, it robs you of your ability to stand in front of the enemy. It's also good to maybe recognize that if I feel fear and I feel that I'm not able to stand in front of my enemies, maybe I have to look inside myself to see in what area of my life am I being tempted in. And then it goes here in in verse 21. The guy's name is Achan and and he says, in truth, or verse 20, it's, it's Joshua 7 verse 20. He says, in truth I have sinned against God and this I have done. When I saw among the spoils an attractive mantle from Shinar and 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing 50 cents, I coveted them and I took them. And as I read that, I just felt that God wants to speak about three kinds of temptation. Last week, we spoke about the spirit of poverty and of comparison. And that a good name and his loving favor comes to heal us from a spirit of poverty and a spirit of comparison. I don't mean a you know, physical spirit, I mean a heart attitude. 
of poverty in comparison. And now here, God's saying there's three temptations that come when you have breakthrough. And they are the following. The mantle speaks about the temptation to acquire position. The silver speaks about the temptation to improve our currency. <laughs> and, and the gold speaks about the temptation to improve our security on our own. You see, there is a temptation to make my own position, to protect my own position. There is a temptation to be current. Currency, you with me? How many of you have tried to save but had a fear that you're not going to be okay today? You with me? You want to save your finances? You're afraid to put money into savings because you're afraid that today is not going to work out. I'm talking about that. When I talk about currency, there's a fear that today is not going to be okay. So there's a protection of today. And the gold speaks about a fear of tomorrow. Okay? So, when you try and place your own position, when you try and hurry things on for today, when you try and make your own security in the future, as I, as I was reading this, I just saw it so clearly. But these are three temptations we struggle with, is the temptation to protect my position, the temptation to protect today, and the temptation to protect tomorrow. So here's Eichen, and he, he walks in, and he sees these three things, and, in, and the test was, is he trusting God in his breakthrough, or is he trusting in himself, in his own ability, in his own strength, for his position, and his security, and his income? Those are three temptations we struggle with. It's a, by, by temptation, I, it's a constant battle to, to be in the right space with regards to that. And without faith, it speaks about us not having the right, correct strength of faith to march through in our breakthrough. See, what, what, what faith does is, <laughs> faith is our source of inspiration. Faith is our source of hope, Hebrews 11. So when we have faith, we're inspired and we're full of hope. But when we're not living in faith, we lose our source of inspiration. We spoke about this two weeks ago where we said, the world likes to be entertained but not inspired. And now we're seeing a hunger in the world that's starting to say, I want to be inspired, not entertained. As you wake up into faith, you desire, what you desire is to be inspired versus just entertained. And it's important to note that because when your main source of faith is gone when you're not listening to God's word and then you're being tempted to secure yourself you lose your sense of inspiration and then all sorts of other temptations come in because then you want to 
entertain your life and make it feel good with all sorts of other things. You got me? <laughs> so, I know that's not what you wanted to hear with regards to breakthrough, but God said this. He said, when you go in, don't be tempted by what you see. He warned them. He said, do not be tempted by what you see. In other words, don't take anything. Because the breakthrough is just the first step. And I need you to be as strong and as to be as faithful and to be as courageous and to have your reliance fully on me. And basically, this first physical breakthrough is just the first step to so much more. And I need you to stay with me, to have your faith stayed with me. You see, when we're trusting for breakthrough, sometimes we're trusting in the physical breakthrough and not in God himself. So, again, this comes back to who God is. God is God. We love him for who he is. But we trust in God, not in the breakthrough. We, our, our way of worship shouldn't change because there's been breakthrough. We worship God because he's God. But we can testify and we can shout with joy when there is breakthrough. Amen? Awesome. In 1 Corinthians 10, uh, you can go there. I don't want to lose anything from what we've just experienced in worship. God is a miracle maker, <laughs> a way maker, a wonder maker. We're trusting for miracles, right? But I just felt God saying, man, he wants to preserve that which he's done for us. And in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1 through, I'm not going to read it, but I'm just going to talk about it there. He speaks about the Israelites who drank the same spiritual food as Moses and ate the same spiritual food. Drank and ate. What did, I got mixed up now. All right. Drank the same spiritual drink, ate the same spiritual food as Moses did. And yet there was still a murmuring and a desire to go back to Egypt. And we here in this building, we're in this church, we're, we're eating the same food. We're drinking the same food. Drink. Why am I getting this confused here? All right. I think I'm more hungry than thirsty. Okay, <laughs> and, and here we are, we're eating the same food, drinking the same drink, but why does it differ? Why do some people experience God in a different way? Why do they see breakthrough in a different way? And it really speaks about the way we each personally respond to the spiritual food and the spiritual drink. And there really is a call from God to say, respond to the fullness of it. Don't pick and choose what you want to agree with or what is going to work more for your natural state. But believe the word in its entirety. 
Believe the word in its fullness. If you want breakthrough, get out of your own comfortable space and open up your heart to the fullness of what God has. Because you see, we sit in church and we go, I like what he said on point three, but you know, mm, point four, not lacquer. I'm not going to go with that. And so you're eating and drinking the same food, but deciding what's going to work for you. And with that, I have to say, <laughs> you know, I, I, I share what I believe is God's word for us. Whoever grabs the mic, whoever speaks and prophesies, whoever's leading worship, we're trusting God that it's his word and his presence that's being shared here. And I've seen people that have been at church and then haven't been at church, and that's not the point. The point is that sometimes stuff is shared in church. Word is given that is breakthrough vital word. And then we're missing it. We're at home. Hello? We're not here. And then when they come for counseling, I'm like, ah, oh, you know, there's been a year's worth of good stuff that would have brought you to this position of trust and faith. <laughs> Grab it. Take hold of it. Believe it. Don't, don't try and pick and choose what's going to work for you. If God says something, go with it. If God is speaking to you, go with it. If it's truth, dive in all the way. You with me? Verse 11 in chapter 10. It says, Now these things befell him. He's talking about the temptation that they experienced. These things befell him as a way, by way of a figure, as an example and a warning to us. They were written to admonish and fit us for right action by good instruction. We in those days, who, we in whose days the ages have reached their climax. And yet Paul is writing to the Corinthians and he's saying, we've reached a climax. And I, I want to bring that word breakthrough into there. We've reached a moment of breakthrough. Oh man, you guys look so sad. <laughs> like, oh yeah, we've reached breakthrough. Tour de France starts at two o'clock. I wonder what I'm going to eat. What's Daniel saying? What's he going to say? It's just my own thoughts right now. <laughs> we've reached a moment of climax. Thank you for that woo out there. We've reached a moment of breakthrough. We've reached a point that has never been reached before. I kind of believe it, but not really. <laughs> never before has this church with these people being at this point. Never before has this nation been at this point. Oh, does Daniel read the news? 
Never before have we seen God's plans being so visibly on display. My bank account doesn't look great. Hello, are you with me? Never before have we reached this moment in history. Worldwide. Never before has the world been as ready as it is for us to display his goodness. Never, ever, ever before. And there's this verse that says, Their actions are a warning to us in this moment. May we not be tempted by the first signs of success. But may we press through to the fullness that God has for us. Because God didn't just give us Jericho. He's given us an entire promised land. And if we get tempted in the moment of breakthrough, then we're not going to be able to face the rest of the enemies and step into the fullness of the promised land. Amen? So it says, Therefore let anyone who thinks he stands, who feels sure that he has a steadfast mind and is standing, take heed unless he falls into sin. <laughs> and this is something I just have not been able to understand. The moment I think, wow, I've overcome that. Look at me. I'm awesome. The moment I think that, I fall into sin, into a trap. It's the, the whole time we have to be going, God, you are doing this. The whole time. It's a, it's a position of God, you're leading us. God, you're guiding us. This is not by my own strength. You see, if it's by our own strength, we start bickering and we start fighting and we start worrying about what the enemy is doing and we start worrying about different things that God doesn't want us to worry about. He wants to take us all the way not some of the way. Amen? Cool. Verse 13. For no temptation has overtaken you and laid hold on you that is not common to man. This whole piece that you read here has been used and explained. And, you know, God won't tempt you with something that you can't handle. That's the way it's been interpreted. Now, James 1 says, God doesn't tempt you. Period. James 1 says, God doesn't tempt you. So, what the scripture is saying in is pull up your big boy pants. <laughs> Don't make excuses for the things you get wrong. He's saying, yeah, he literally says, for no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. There is no good reason to say, oh, you know, you go through something, you're like, this here was just so bad. I am the only person who is going through what I'm going through. 
And yet God says, no, no temptation, no, nothing, nothing you are going through is, is, is stronger. You, you, you know, you don't need Superman powers. And I'm trying to f- think of what Superman, you know, what force he uses. You, know. you don't need that. Because there is no temptation that is not common to man that you have experienced. <laughs> So God's saying, get strong. This friend of mine likes to say, pull up your big boy pants. He likes to say. But God's given you an armor. He's given you strength. And that strength starts with faith. That, that, that strength starts with righteousness. That, that protection starts with truth. He's given you a weaponry. A, a, a protection that you can use. And there is no temptation, none, none whatsoever, zero, that is worthy of saying, I can't do it. In other words, God doesn't give us the space to say it was temptation's fault. Hello? God does not give us the space to say, It was temptation's fault. God doesn't tempt us. But he's given us the ability to overcome all temptations. Do you see the difference? God has given each and every one of us the ability to overcome every temptation. I love that. There's another kind of temptation that I just want to touch on. And it's the temptation to not step through the breakthrough. And to do that, we listen to the naysayers and the people that say it can't be done. How many of you have been ready for victory? Been a little bit afraid? And then when someone says, you know, it's not possible, we go, oh, you see? Okay, I'm out of here. Anyone? Am I the only one? Thanks, Rudolf. I see that hand. <laughs> All right. It's just me and Rudolf. We're the only two. So this is something new to everyone else. But there comes a stage where as you're breaking through, someone says you can't do it. And then you say, okay, I can't do it. Me and Rudolf have had that experience. I just want to warn you and enlighten the rest of you. <laughs> Psalms 35, verse 7 to 9 says, For without cause they hid for me their net and a pit of destruction. Without cause they dug for my life. You see, the enemy is digging a hole for your life. He wants to trap you and ensnare you as you go your way. And David's prayer in this psalm was, May the enemy fall into the hole they dig for themselves. Or for me, but may they fall into it. David's prayer is, will you, shut, will you rescue me from the lion's den? That, that's that's in, um, in verse 17. Lord, how long will you look, rescue my life from their destruction, my clear and only life from the lions? Rescue me from the lions. And I'm like, well, we don't have lions, yeah? How many of you have 
actually needed to be rescued from a physical lion. Can I just see? Okay, there are unfortunate people, but we don't have to anymore. And when I was reading the story about Daniel and Daniel in the lion's den, why, what is the thing that got him there? Okay, not into the den. Prayer didn't get him into the den. He was praying, yes. He would worship, yes. He would honor God, yes. But what happened? The people in authority who wanted, who were tempted by his position of authority, what did they start doing? <laughs> they started telling lies about Daniel. They started telling untruth. They started spreading rumors and lies about him until the point where he got thrown into the lion's den. And I'm reading the story in that context and I realize that when God shut the mouth of the lion, he shut the mouth of the liar. Ooh, that sounded way more powerful in my head. <laughs> when God shut the mouth of the lion, he shut the mouth of the liar. Imagine being the person who spread the most rumors and you're standing at the den going, yeah? And the angels come and they shut those mouths and suddenly the God of truth is way more powerful. And what Daniel believes in is way more powerful than your lies. Man, your lies are shut up in an instant. And yet David's saying, will you protect me from the snare? Will you protect me from the lions? Will you protect me from the lies that I am tempted to believe in? Will you protect me and give me your truth? Will you shut my ears to those things that are going to derail me and send me off course? Will you give me the courage to press on through breakthrough? Further and further and further so that we can see more breakthrough, more breakthrough, more breakthrough, more breakthrough. What is our response? You see, Daniel, there's two responses to this. Firstly, we continue to trust God in prayer, in breakthrough. It's a funny thing, but when you go through breakthrough, for some reason you stop praying. Because why? I've got everything I need. I've experienced that. I've been through breakthrough and then my prayer life just... Because the things I spent five years praying for, that form my prayer life. And then when God answers that prayer, I've got nothing else to talk to God about. I've spent every quiet time praying about this thing and praying about this thing and praying and praying. Every quiet moment, God's so good. Yeah, yeah. I'm in this. And, and then, now it's silent. Thank you, God. And, 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 and then you get tempted by other things. And so God's saying, you need to continue in a life of prayer in breakthrough. When, you have, when you've reached breakthrough, when you've reached climax, Ask God for the next thing. Press in for the next thing. You see, that's why God gives us a big vision. What is our vision? 
Our vision is to see the earth safe. John 3.16 in the end says, Jesus came to make the world a safe place. So if the world is not safe, then we haven't achieved our vision yet. Amen? That's a big vision. Who's going to do it? Daniel? And you guys just come with? Or is it us? Okay, how many of you see? I can see some of you like shifting in your chair now. Like, I'm feeling awkward. <laughs> you see, the vision is scary, it's big. It's not just for us. God's given us a vision that we can leave a legacy, that we can leave something that our children's 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 children can benefit from. An increase of God's peace. The vision is massive. So when we hit breakthrough that's achievable in a year, we're on to the next breakthrough, and we're on to the next breakthrough, and we're on to the next breakthrough. Amen? So, maintain your prayer life. Don't hit breakthrough and go, all right, now I can take it easy on the faith. Maintain the intensity. Keep going. And then in, in um, verse 18, it says, verse 18 of Psalms uh, 35, it says, I will give you thanks in the great assembly. I will praise you among a mighty throng. That theme of praising in the assembly just keeps coming, just keeps coming, just keeps coming, just keeps coming. We can't escape it. God has called us to praise him in the assembly, in the congregation. So our response in breakthrough is to intensify prayer, to continue to trust in prayer, and to explode with our rejoicing in praise. Amen? <laughs> Those are the two responses we have in breakthrough. Immediately we go, God, what are we trusting you for? And how can I praise you? As soon as you hit breakthrough, you ask those two questions immediately. God, what are we trusting you for? And how can I praise you? And you respond to him in prayer and in worship. In James 1 verse 17, and we know this verse so well, it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from God. It comes down from the Father of all, and it gives light. Sorry, I'm reading from my phone here. There we go. Sorry. My notes are on my phone today. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of all that gives light of whom there can be no variation or shadow cast by his turning. God gives every good gift. He doesn't tempt us. He gives good gifts. How many of you need more good gifts? All right, say, oh, Father, I want to receive every good gift. I like, that. I like how you can read that. Every good gift comes from above, and you can ask for every good gift. Not just the gifts you think are worthy of you, but you can go beyond that. Go into the supernatural. Go into God's heavenly kingdom source of blessings and good gifts. And ask him to bless you with every good gift. 
And it was of his own free will that he gave us birth as sons. And that's just fundamentally something that we need to overcome in our lives. God gave us his gift out of his own free will. You cannot trust harder for his gifts. You cannot, you cannot sweat harder. You cannot do more worthless sacrifice. You, you can't. God has given you his gift out of his own free will. And you need to go, God, I receive that gift. I am worthy of every good gift. And some of us have felt unworthy of his fullness. But today, man, I want to just say this again. You are absolutely worthy of every, every single gift. So that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. A sample of what he has created to be to himself God is if you see yourself as the first fruits of something that is greater if you see your breakthrough as just the first fruits you're going to be willing to press on into even more and into more and into more and into more amen awesome let's stand Father, I just want to declare over our church, declare in my own personal life, that, you, that we will not be tempted, that we will not be distracted, that we will not be pulled out of your purpose for our lives. And I say today, Father, that we will trust you wholeheartedly to see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven and to have that manifest in my own life. In every single way. <laughs> and Father, we heed your warning this morning not to be distracted at the moment of breakthrough. Not to be distracted by that which glitters on the side. But Lord, that you'll do a deep work in our hearts to see further than that. And to realize what are true riches. And what is true honor. And what is your special supernatural favor on our lives? Father, that we'll not be afraid to step into the fullness that you have for us in our identities. Lord, that we may step confidently and boldly knowing that we are created perfectly and wonderfully. And that you've given us every good gift. That our lives will be defined by our gifts and not through the things that have tempted us on the side. That our actions will be defined by our faith and not our fear. That our hope will rest in you. And that we will display a supernatural confidence to conquer whatever, whatever comes our way. Thank you that you've raised in us a new desire to be stronger. To be more courageous than we ever have before. And Father, we welcome a season of change. We welcome the new things you're doing. We welcome your call over our body this year to discover as much as we can of who you are. 
to discover new things about you, to see new ways that you do things, to find out that your will is so incredibly, so incredibly special, and that at your own free will, you want to give us the fullness, your blessings through Jesus Christ. We thank you that his blood washes over us, that Jesus could be tempted in every single way and overcome. And by him dying and being risen, he has broken open the way, given us the freedom to in the same way overcome every temptation. To rise up from every disappointment. To rise up from every failed task. So that we can stand high and mighty in front of you. Knowing that we are called, we are able, we are given the authority to be your sons and your daughters on earth. In Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. I just want to say before you sit down, if you feel challenged by a message like this, God once spoke to me said, when you feel challenged, just know that I'm stretching your faith. And ask God to give you the courage to have faith like you've never had before. I know sometimes we want to come to church and we want to leave feeling like we're on top of the world, man. And, and really that's how I feel. I don't know. Anyone else feel? <laughs> but sometimes it's hard to step into the word and just step in, hold, dive in. It's worth it. Dive in. Say, I'm going to dive into this. I'm going to give my life to this. I'm going to dedicate my life to God's call on, on my life. And I'm not going to be afraid. And I'm, I'm not afraid to be stretched. And I'm willing to let go of the things that might be holding me back. Make that declaration. Think about it. Chat about it. But dive in with everything you have. Because God wants to open up doors you didn't even think were possible in your life. And as you step through one door, you're going to find what's on the other side? Ten more doors. And then you're going to need to build in courage and faith to just even reach the next door. And you break through. And that's really the journey we're on. Until we become absolutely mature to the measure of Jesus Christ himself. It's a continual process. It's good to be stretched in your faith. I love being stretched in faith. <laughs> Amen? Awesome. Thank you, Jesus, that you've blessed us. Amen. Grab a cup of coffee. We'll see you at Wednesday night's worship and prophetic meeting. We're so excited for what God is going to do there. Be blessed. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Remember to visit our website at www.revivalministry.co.za where you can sign up to receive more of these powerful messages.